Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Church. You know, I stood on the front row just in worship and I was listening to the words that we were singing. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what your battle is. I know we got some emails in through the week after last Sunday's events that we're saying my anxiety is spiraling out of control. Like we just come through the pandemic and now it's this and the world's becoming a scary place to step outside your front door. Let alone the issues that you've got going on personally. But I feel like God wants to reaffirm to you today the battle belongs to the Lord, that you are on the winning team. But if you took note of the lyrics of that song, you would also see that there is a partnership that goes on because there's a line that says, my war cry is praise and I lift my hands in the battle. So I've got my hands lifted and my war cry is praise and God is fighting for me. We don't sit back and just allow God to do it all by Himself. That's not how it works. Our relationship is a partnership. And I just really sense this morning that God wants to reinforce that and waken you up to the partnership that He's inviting you into with Him. You see, every battle in the natural has a stance. The army, the soldiers, they have a stance. It's a position. It's a stance that they have to take ready for the opposition. And our stance is hands raised and a worship, a war cry, a praise to our God. So if I may, just before I start today's message, I just want to pray for us all in here today. Because life finds us all in different places and different positions, but you made a choice to come here today. And I don't feel like you're looking for something just to fill an hour slot on a Sunday morning. I think you've come to do business with God. I think you've come because you want some answers for your life. I think you've come because you've got a situation that's coming up maybe this week or the next and you're not sure how to handle it. And maybe you need some wisdom and some clarity from God. So let's, before we get into this Word, let's just turn our focus to Him and declare His goodness and His faithfulness over each of our lives. Heavenly Father, Lord of all, King of kings, we come together, those in room and those online, because we have made a decision today to right place you in our lives, to right place you over every circumstance that we find ourselves facing over the coming weeks. We choose, Lord God, faith over fear. 
We choose, O oh God, to cast our eyes upon You and the goodness of You rather than listening to the negativity of the news reports, God. We choose, Lord God, to stand steadfast and not be blown around by emotion. God, we choose this day to partner with You. And we say in this next 20, 30 minutes, have Your way, God. And we declare all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Well, it is great to be in church. I love Sundays. I'd be happy if there was two or three Sundays in every week. I love it when we come together because for a long time we thought, we, I wondered if we'd ever see days like this again. I remember being at home during the pandemic and wondering, will I ever stand in church with my friends and my family again? Or is this it? Is it all just come to an abrupt end? So any opportunity that we get to gather together, I'm there. Like whether I'm doing this or I'm, I'm just there because I love the coming together of the body. Well, we are in the middle of a series right now that we have called You Are, and every week we are putting something else on the end of the You Are. And um, today I want to talk about how you are able to endure. Word endure, it means persevere. I was thinking about this message, and I began to laugh to myself over a story that really isn't funny at all. But... It happened to me, as only these things can, and um, it was several years ago, seven years ago, actually. It was Luke and I, it was our 10th wedding anniversary, and I wanted to buy him something really special for, his wedding, for our wedding anniversary. And um, I'd never bought him a special gift before, and I, I thought, you know what, I'd really like to get him a watch, something that's a, something that's a keepsake. And, um, and so I don't know if many of you know Nick Bailey in the house, but Nick is like, he's a legend in this house. And Nick is a jeweler, but he's not just a jeweler, he is like, the bomb jeweler. You know, like when you want something really special, you need to know a guy who knows the guy. Well, we just know the guy. And it's like, that's Nick. And um, he's, um, he's, a, he's a retail manager of a jewelers in, in the city. And he's the go-to guy for a lot of the jewelers in the city. So I went to speak with Nick and he's like, Emma, why don't you come into the shop and we can look at, we can look at some of the watches and we can talk through what you would like. Well, I don't know the first thing about watches. I know nothing at all. So I took my friend because I thought she might, Sarah. I was like, you can come with me and you can look at the watches and help me choose something for Luke. And we went in and Nick was so good to us. And I know many of you are like, I mean, you know, his, his business has gone like that since he's joined this church because we've had that many engagements and weddings. And um, so everybody's had a bit of a Nick Bailey experience. And uh, so, so Sarah and I went along to the jewelers and um, Nick was so good with us. He was so good. He's like, girls, come on through. And we went into this little room and it was really cool, actually, because, because the little room, um, he pressed these buttons and all the windows opaque out. 
And so you're in this sort of like this little tiny room and it's all blacked out and no one can see in, you can't see out. And he sat us down on these two chairs with a table between us. He's like, what do you want? I was like, I have no idea. I've never bought a watch before. So he said, well, if I bring you out a variation of watches, then you can decide and you can choose. And I'm like, Sarah, do you know anything about watches? Because I don't. So he gets out these watches and he lines them up row upon row upon row. Rolex and Breitling and Meager and Tag and all these watches are out on the table. And um, one of the girls who works as Nick, she came in, she said to Sarah and I, would you girls like coffee whilst you're browsing through the watches? And I was like, well, this is a cool shopping experience. And she brought us a mug of coffee each and, and then they left us alone. And we sat there across the table with this just vast amount of watches. And what happened next, you could not make up. What happened next was so unpredictable. It was like not what I thought or imagined would ever happen. And when I say these things could only happen to me, my coffee cup, decided to detach from the handle that I was holding. And the whole mug, and I mean a mug, of hot coffee just fell over all of these thousands and thousands of pounds worth of watches. They were swimming in hot coffee. I went into absolute shock. I stayed in my seat holding the handle with my mouth wide open because I just couldn't believe what was happening. Sarah, my trusted friend, she jumps up, she gets her jumper, and she starts, with her jumper, she starts mopping up. When Nick came in, we were like two schoolgirls. I'm holding the coffee handle, saying, I didn't do anything, I didn't do anything. And Sarah's going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, patting down all these watches. Thousands of pounds worth of watches. Nick is just so calm, absolutely like, so calm. He's like, hey, it's not a problem. You see, these watches are able to endure a lot. They are, they are built and designed to withstand pressure and adverse conditions. They will be okay. And I'm like, but it's hot coffee. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. These watches are designed in such a way that they are able to withstand this type of situation. I'm like, I don't know a watch that's ever been tested by being dropped in hot coffee before. But they're designed for endurance. They're they're known for their indestructibility and it got me kind of thinking a little bit about watches. So I came home and I began to read like, is he just being kind to me or are they really like indestructible, some of these things? And I began to read about different makes like the Bramon design of watch and it says that they are put into the planes of cockpits. The the cockpits of planes, and they are, they are shot out, ejected out of the seat at high speed to, to test, to see if it can withstand impact and to see if it keeps ticking time when it's injected from a cockpit. Or the Victor Knox, which is put through grueling tests, which being, includes being run over by a tank. I mean, that's how they test the watch. They drop it off buildings. They put them in washing machines and put them on a two-hour cycle in a washing machine, all for the purpose of producing the toughest timepiece on the market. 
These watches, other makes are given to the special forces around the world. They're strapped to soldiers while they jump 8,000 feet, 8,000 meters out of an airplane. That's how they test the durability of the watch. Or the watches are uh, strapped to soldiers that do free fall jumps from 7,000 feet into deep water. That's how they test the durability of the watch. One of the reasons these watches are so expensive and cost so much to purchase is because endurability does not come cheap. It comes with a price. These watches have been designed and created with materials built into them so that they can stand under immense pressure. When you put your life into the hands of God, the Bible tells us that you are a new creation and a brand new man. And part of your brand new design is that you are created in such a way that he has equipped you to be able to stand in immense pressure, not break and not fall apart. God knew that problems would be a part of our life because we live in a fallen world. And God knew that our endurance was paramount because our faith would be continually tested. Our relationships are tested. Our finances are tested. Our friendships are tested. Our health is tested. We always seem to have an issue to work through, a battle to fight, a problem to overcome. You get over one thing and the next happens. I don't know if you have figured this out yet, but being a Christian does not equate to a problem-free life. And if you are under that illusion, I am so very, very sorry, but you live in the world, therefore you are subject to everything else that everybody goes through also. But the battle belongs to the Lord. Isaiah 54 says, no weapon that is formed against you shall succeed. It doesn't say the weapon won't form, because it will. But when you are of a brand new design, a new creation, a brand new man, you have built into you something that does not allow the advances of the enemy to succeed against your life. Everything that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. This peace, this righteousness, this security and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It's yours by right. It's yours by right. But let me tell you, this this heritage that you have from the Lord, this uh, the, the weapon that's forming against you not prospering, let me tell you, it is not a a sprinkle of formula magic that God sprinkles down on you every time you're up against oppression. Every time you're going through a problem, it's not this just magic sort of dust that God drops down from heaven and you sort of are able to walk through the battle. No, no, no. You, as a Christian, you do not have an automatic get out of jail free card, by the way. It takes faith. It takes faith to believe in a God you cannot see. 
It takes faith to trust in God. And the Word of God teaches us that our faith is like that of a seed, and a seed must be grown. A watcher's endurance is not tried and tested when it's sitting in the jeweler's window looking pristine and pretty. And neither is your faith tried and tested when everything is A-OK in your life. Your faith is not tried and tested when you are in the comfortable seasons of life, but it is in when the cur- life throws you those curveballs, when the unexpected happens, when you're facing the problem, that is when your faith is tested and endurance is stirred up within you. James 1 tells us, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. I just, can we just hang here just for a moment? Because like, there is so much in that, that there's a way for you to produce perfection in your life, in every area of your life, so that there's nothing lacking and nothing missing. Well, I, I don't know what kind of a life you want for you, but I sure know I would like a life where there is nothing lacking and nothing missing. God knew that this life would present problems and pressures that you never thought that you could withstand. But God in his infinite wisdom created you to be able to endure and not break under times of pressure. That you would be able to stand steadfast during the storms of life. Psalm 91 says that those who live under the shelter of the Most High will remain secure. You will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. The advances of the enemy are going to come, but for, the, those of the, for those who know their God, you will be able to withstand under times of pressure. It's kind of like a rose bush. A rose bush goes through kind of like um, a time of pressure. The rose bush gets cut down till it's just this ugly little brown stub in the ground. And before the times of where we had miracle grow and all those things that people throw on their flowers now, the good old-fashioned way was horse manure. And I still have vivid memories of my granddad cutting the rose bush down to a stub and then just heating poop on it just heaping a load of horse manure on it. But he would tell me that actually, although it looks really bad, the rose is going to flourish because of the dirt that's been put on it. He would tell me that through the dirt, the beautiful rose would grow. The more dirt that piles on it, the stronger the plant becomes and the more full and lush the flowers on it. Your faith is tested and your endurance grows even stronger when you go through some really difficult seasons in your life. 
Endurance is the ability to keep doing something difficult, unpleasant, or painful for a long time. And we in the Western world, we've misused the word endurance because we say it as a negative, like, oh, I've got to endure another lecture, or I've got to endure another day in the office. Or if they put another service on in church, I'll have to endure another service on a Sunday. And we speak about it as a negative. But when the Word of God talks about endurance, it's not as a negative, but it's talking about perseverance. It's talking about stamina. It's talking about stigma. It's talking about the ability to keep on going and not give up. It's talking about coming and growing through your problem rather than sitting down and feeling like your problems are overtaking you. It's the ability and the strength to not quit. When you go to the gym, there is resistance and you have to, you have to stand against the resistance. You need endurance to, res- to withstand the resistance. But, but when you resist the weight that is coming against you, something develops within you and that is called muscle. Okay, it's what makes you stronger. So the Bible is teaching us that endurance produces something in your life. When you can endure, it's not a means to an end, but it is producing something in your life. So when you endure that against the weights, it produces muscle. When your body comes up against some resistance and you push through, it produces muscle. Where when the, when the, um, the olive is under pressure, it produces oil. Endurance produces or releases perfection into every part of your being, your physical health, your mental health, your mind, your emotions, your spiritual health, every part of your being so that nothing is lacking and nothing is missing. Think about the rose bush the more manure that is shoveled on it, how she pushes through that dirt, how she grows stronger because of it, because what looked like should have taken her out, she fed off it and it made her stronger and grow even more beautiful. Think about it. Perfection to every part of your being. Perfection in your body. I don't know how your body finds you today, but I tell you, it is not until you've nearly lost your health or lost your life that you begin to thank God every day for the health of your body. Don't wait till you get a sickness in your body before you begin to cry out to God about your health. But if you live life according to how the Scripture is saying that your faith can produce endurance, It says it will bring perfection to every cell, every sinew, every bone, every marrow in your body will be of perfect health. I think about the story in the book of 1 Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and Daniel and they were all taken. It was was the first signs of human trafficking, I guess. They were taken from, um, from Israel and they were taken captivity into Babylon. And the king ordered that they eat certain foods. It was royal food. It was rich food because he wanted to grow a great army from these boys. 
And it was against their religion. It was against their beliefs and they wouldn't eat the food and they refused to eat the king's food. And they lived off of a diet of vegetables and water. But the scripture tells us, you can go and read it in 1 Daniel, it says that within 10 days, these Jewish boys' bodies were stronger and fitter and healthier than any of the king's men. Why? Because they endured. Why? Because they stuck to their beliefs. Why? Because they said, this is what we're going to do in obedience to our God. We're not going to bow down to your voice. We're going to do what we know is right in the eyes of God. Perfection to your body. Perfection to your soul. The ability to be able to be at peace on the inside while it's all falling apart on the outside. The ability to just be calm and be at peace on the inside. Even when the problem still looks like it's pushing on the outside. Perfection in your mind. Clarity in your thinking. How many get confused? I just don't know what to do. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. Is it left? Is it right? And God says, well, you know what? In your endurance, I will bring clarity to your thinking. If you just keep pushing into me, if you just keep your eyes fixed on me during this difficult season, during this hard time, just keep focusing on me. I will bring clarity to your thinking. I will bring a calmness to your mind. Ever had a racing mind that you just can't calm it down? And I will give you the ability to sleep at night even while the storm is still raging on the outside. Perfection in your mind. What about perfection in your spirit? In your spirit, perfection in your spirit. It's just that knowing that I have right standing with God. That is perfection in my spirit. It's like, come what may, whatever is happening, whatever is going on, I know my God is in control and I know that I have right standing with Him. And if He is for me, then I cannot fail. It's a confidence, it's a knowing. Now Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. I love the way it says that sin really easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, witnesses, not spectators. There is a difference between witnesses and spectators. Spectators judge. Spectators are with you when you're winning and they abandon you when you're losing. Spectators have paid a small fee to watch the game but have not paid the ultimate price to be in the game. Spectators are not witnesses. Spectators are those who tell you what you could have done, what you should have done, and what they would have done different and better than you. Their opinion, their ways, and their tactics far 
exceed those who are professionally playing in the game. And I know this so well because when the football is on in my house, I have a house full of men, full of men, some from my family, some from this wider family, who sit on the couch with food in one hand and shout at the TV. They should be managing the England team by far because they have all of the answers. And, you know, these refs and these football managers and Jürgen and Klopp and whoever else he is, or Jürgen Klopp, is he one fella, yeah? I know my stuff. But I don't even get to see the game because it's that, you need to do this. Bring him on. Take him up. What's wrong with his feet? What's he doing? Yada, 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 yada. And you're on the couch at home. You couldn't even run 5K if you tried. (laughs) But you know it all. And you know better. And you watch out for the spectators in your life. Because there's going to be people who come and tell you what you should have done and what you could have done and what you should be doing. But let me just give you some advice. Unless you've done and succeeded in what I am trying to do right now, I ain't listening to you. When you have been where I am and you have come out a winner, I will listen to you. I'm not going to let you tell me how to manage my business because you are untested in that area. So I'm not going to listen to you, no offence. I'm not going to let you tell me how to raise my kids because you haven't had any yet. Yeah? And guess what? I'm not going to let you tell me how to run a church because you haven't run a church yet. And we get the emails in that tell us what we could have, would have, should have done better and different. But it's spectators. It's not witnesses. Because let me tell you what witnesses are. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And witnesses are those who have run their race and left this planet and gone to be with Jesus. And the Word of God tells us that they are watching you here on the earth. And they're shouting. They're shouting from the grandstands of heaven. Run with endurance. Finish the race. Don't give up when it's hard. Keep on going. Come on, you can do it. The witnesses understand you. They get you because they've been you. The witnesses know what it is to try and live an honest life in a fallen world. They get that. They've done that. They're holding on. They know what it's like to try and hold on to your faith under times of pressure. They know what it is to feel in a dark and lonely place like God is not even answering your prayers. They understand because they have been where you are. They know what it's like when you're fighting to hold your family together, struggling to keep hold of that marriage, struggling to drag yourself into church every single week because nothing is going right with your life. They understand and they are here today and they are in the grandstands of heaven according to the Word of God and they're going, come on. Come on, keep going. You can do it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep on going. Do you know what they would say if they could speak to you right now? They would say, we can't have our time here on earth again, but this is your time. So don't just turn up for church. Be the church. 
Don't just turn up and sit and warm a chair. Be present. Enjoy the gathering of the coming together. There's nothing quite like it. They would say to you, lean in. Listen, in this time, in this season of your life, when you come together, let this be your training. Let this be your fueling. Let this be your filling. Don't become weary in doing good. Be trained, be equipped, be strengthened, be encouraged by one another because we've been where you are. And if we could have our time again, we would be so much more in. Run, run. You know, when I was a little girl, like running was a bit of my thing and I loved sports days at school and I was quite a good runner. But we have this, my dad caught it on video and, and it's, um, I was running in a race at primary school and um, I could sprint down that field faster than a lot of the kids. But the teachers were holding like a ribbon at the end of the field and I ran flat out past all the other kids and I got just shy of the ribbon and I stopped. I didn't know that I was supposed to cross that line. And everybody else came from behind and went through the ribbon. And I'm just still stood there. And we, we happened to capture this on video. But that's just such a picture of our lives. You do so great in your faith. You do so great for so long. And just, just before your breakthrough, just before your miracle, just before the answer to prayer, you stop. You're just like, oh, I just don't do church anymore. It's just not, it's just, it's not, it's not working. I've prayed, it's not, he's not answering. You know, no, no, no one speaks to me. I don't, I don't feel included. I'm, it's just, it's not, I'm stopping. And people stop, just shy of getting the prize, just shy of going over the line. Don't become weary in doing good. The enemy is on a mission to cause you to grow weary so you stop just before you finish your race. And God's saying, don't become weary in doing good. Don't become complacent and comfortable and just okay with church life. Don't become so distracted that God just takes second place in your life. And religion and church is just something that you do as well as everything else that you just do. No, 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 no. Keep going. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the goal. There's the problem, there's the circumstances, the situation. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And when life is happening all around you, keep your eyes on Him. The author and the finisher of your faith, keep on going. Faith is not an app. It's not something we can just download when we need it. No, no, no. Faith is not something that you could just use at your convenience. It's not an instant Faith is not not there one minute and then suddenly it's there the next. Faith is something that you have to grow. And there's no better way to grow your faith than allowing a bit of dirt to be shoveled on it. So please don't think that every problem and every pressure in your life is the enemy trying to take you out because maybe it is God allowing you to grow. Maybe it is God just seeing what comes through that pile of dirt. 
We often so misread the Bible. We look at the most amazing stories about men and women who were just full of faith. Like one minute they had a problem and the next minute they had a miracle. Like all of a sudden a baby was born and all of a sudden an ark was built and all of a sudden the drought was over and all of a sudden a battle was won. Because of the way that we read the problem, we see the problem in one chapter and we just turn the page in victory in the next. But what we fail to realise, that in between the problem and an answer was this period of time called endurance. Endurance. It's not pretty, it's not pleasant. Where they had to stay in the game, where they had to push through the problem, where they had to not give up believing, where they had to push into their faith. Something we in the 21st century, we're not great at understanding because we like instant, instant download. We order it now. We research it now. We download it now. Do you know taxis? We got to a point in life where taxis were too slow, so we came up with Uber. But we can just get one right now. Now we have Uber Eats, get it right now. Queuing in the bank, it took too long. So we go online banking, we get it right now. And we want our faith to be the same. I just want it right now. I just need the faith for this situation right now. But it doesn't work like that. We want it instantly. But faith is a substance that grows in you over time. So God will allow you to be exposed to some tough times because He's allowing a little bit of dirt to be heaped on your life so that your faith will develop. Faith, the Word of God tells us. It talks about how faith is calling those things that are not as though they were. It's not being in denial of the reality of your situation, but it's having an understanding that I have access to a different realm. That though I'm here on the earth living my life, I have my faith anchored into another realm, a heavenly realm, and I'm calling the Word of God into my reality. That's what faith is. Like my God says that I am healed, but here I'm still sick, but I'm going to believe and stand on the Word of God, and I'm calling that which I cannot see yet into being. Kind of like a fisherman, like A fisherman stands on the edge of a lake, right? And he is in one realm, but the fish is in a completely different realm. The fisherman does life on dry land, but the fish does life in the water. But in order to get the fish from the lake to the dry land, he's got to persevere with his rod in the water, okay? He's got to stand steadfast with his rod in the water. Anytime he chooses to take that rod out of the water, though he knows that lake is full of fish, there ain't no fish coming to him anytime soon. That's what endurance looks like. It's staying power. It's perseverance. It's like, I believe that my God has got some things for me. I believe there's an answer to my situation. I believe there is a solution to that problem I'm facing. I believe the battle is already won. I believe the promise is there. I just don't see it while I'm here. But I'm just not taking my rod out of heaven. 
I'm staying in. I'm enduring. I'm staying the long haul and I'm pulling it in. If you give up too soon, you won't get the miracle. If you don't keep going, you will miss the blessing. Endurance is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. It's doing it despite the difficulty, but knowing the end game will be great. I want to finish just by telling you this little story. I may have told you this before because I am at the age where you repeat stories, but it's about a friend of mine that I had as a child. His name was Michael Smith. And Michael's dad, Joe, was our Sunday school teacher. And I loved Uncle Joe. I thought he was just like the best guy on the planet. He was such an up and fun-loving character. And Michael and I were the same age. But Michael was born with spina bifida and had absolutely no mobility from the waist downwards at all. And I have this vivid memory of being on a Sunday school outing at Chester Zoo. And all of us sitting down on this big grassy lawn to have our picnics. And I can remember Uncle Joe going around with a basket of apples. And as the children were eating their picnic, he handed us all an apple. And he went to Michael, who was also sitting on the ground. And he said, Michael, do you want your apple? And Michael said, yeah, Dad, I do. And I watched Joe as he walked right to the other end of the lawn. He put the apple on the floor. He said, son, go and get it. I was horrified, horrified. The children had eaten their apples and they'd all run off to play. And I sat there. I can't get the picture out of my head. It's Michael sweating, seven years old, clawing at the grass, dragging his body, dragging his body, nothing moving from the waist downwards. He clawed that grass. He so wanted his apple. And I, in that moment, decided that Uncle Joe was the worst man on the planet. But can I tell you that as we grew into adults, Michael drives his own car. Michael walks with sticks. Michael lives independently. And why? Because the goodness of his father let him endure some things so that it would set him up for a stronger, better future. Do you not think it broke Joe's heart watching his boy struggle across the grass when the children had gone? Yeah, it did. The same way as it breaks the father's heart when he sees you going through what you're going through, but he knows what he's doing. And what you're persevering under right now is not to break you, but it is to develop you. Because you are able to endure things. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.